This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl Vandermova, and this is episode 43. We are going to be talking about unplugged coding. And today I have a guest with me, Sandra Beliski. Now, Sandra has a website which you definitely want to check out. You can find it at realworldlearners.com. This link, plus all the other links that we will be sharing during this episode, you can find at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com in the show notes. And just before I let um, Sandra tell you more about herself, I just want to say I really love the uh, the name she has used for her blog because real stands for, Sandra, why don't you tell us what real stands for <laughs> as, you, as you introduce yourself and just because everything that she that real stands for is exactly what I think homeschooling should be. So over to Sandra, tell us a bit about yourself and your family and your homeschool journey. Well, thank you. Yes. So I uh, debated a long time on what my blog name should be and went through several iterations and eventually um, came up with real world learners. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, but real stands for the R is for relevant, E is for engaging, A is for authentic, and L is kind of for a lot of things, lifelong love of learning. So um, I've arrived at this after my kind of the culmination of my whole life here. So short background, I have a major, double major in math and English, and then I got my master's in teaching. And I've taught um, middle and high school math for about six years. One of those was an online program. Um, and then I've also tutored math for over the past 20 years. So through all of that, what I've I've become so passionate about being able to show people the reason we do things and why it matters and how it applies and giving kids, especially a really positive experience with math, um, with education, with anything they're learning and giving them um, hands-on way to explore it and really get to that deep understanding so that when they learn a concept, they know how it works. They can recreate it later for themselves rather than just memorizing steps to do. Um, and they can apply it in new situations. So a lot of that applies to the, my kind of math focus, which is one of my main things, but it definitely applies to coding as well. So I'll hand it back to you and we can talk more. Well, about just that. first tell us about your family. Oh, yes. So I have three kids. I have a six-year-old four and four-year-old boy and um, a new baby, nine-month-old little girl. We are in Tennessee, but we've been in Washington and Oklahoma and we are homeschooling right so how long so you've been homeschooling a year or two i guess seeing as your kids are still younger yeah so it depends how you measure it if i describe it as life schooling then we've been homeschooling for six years um, right. but we did kindergarten this year so right. we're starting our okay. journey okay so let's get on to our topic now what exactly is unplugged coding so unplugged coding is kind of a new phrase I've been running across recently, and it means a lot more than I thought it meant at first. I thought I, at first, I thought it meant just principles and 
paper and pencil activities you could do that kind of mimicked what you were doing on the screen. But then I realized there's a whole world of offline coding or unplugged coding activities that help kids learn really fundamental coding skills without the screen, without being actually on a computer, which is great because there's a lot of things you can learn online, but then it's great when you can take the same solid learning um, subjects and do them in other ways. So there's paper and pencil activities. There's a lot of movement games. Um, I've seen some amazing activities you can play with a group where kids are active and up and moving around while they're practicing these skills. Then there's a um, whole world of toys you can get. The Sphero robot is kind of one of the most famous ones that I've heard about, but there's a lot of versions of that. There's a turtle game, other things. Um, there's games, a lot of games that you can do with coding. And then there's art things like with binary numbers, you may have seen binary bracelets. Um, that's kind of the tip of the iceberg on it, but there's a lot of activities you can do for unplugged coding. Right. And they're for all ages, correct? Correct. Um, yeah. And the thing about coding is that it, from what I've seen, it doesn't really have a certain grade level correlation. You can just learn it at any stage. Obviously the older you are, the more you can get out of it, but I've seen really neat times where, you know, older siblings are helping their younger siblings and kids can just work together in groups and across age levels and have a lot of fun doing that. Right. Okay. So let's move on to uh, our next question. And that is when people think of coding a program, when they usually think of a computer and you understand the skills that will be involved there, but what skills can you learn through unplugged coding? So when you're not sitting on the computer, Right. So this is where um, I've seen some of the paper and pencil things come into play that are based on things you can do with, for example, the Sphero robot. If you haven't heard of that, it's a um, ball that you can program to move through a maze. Um, your local Apple store sometimes has activities that you can do with kids for that, or you can buy it. Um, anyways, so you program the ball to move through a maze, go left, right. You can describe those turns um, in terms of the degrees in a circle, or you can just say left or right. Um, you can talk about distance. You can put that on a coordinate grid, or you can measure it other ways. So as I'm seeing this, realize that there's a lot of levels you can approach this at. Um, so kids can really get into this at any age. And then there's fun things like making sounds and flashing lights and stuff. So that's kind of the expensive end of it when you actually buy a toy what it can do but there's also a lot of things and I've created some of these myself where you take away the hundred dollar robot or however much it is and you're still left with some really solid coding skills that you can do through paper and pencil activities or through the humans being the robot you know you kind of program the humans to do something um, so it kind of comes down to these things giving directions and that can be as simple as left or right you can talk about degrees in a circle, um, a lot of really precise computer language can be built into that. And then a step up from that is using loops. So as you're giving directions or kind of writing a program for something, there's often a lot of repeated steps. So for kids to understand loops is a really important coding skill um, to make the code as short and concise as possible. And then a step up from that, I would say, is being able to write conditional statements so you don't always know the realm you're working in 
but you can set up if then statements. So if you encounter this situation, then you do this, um, so on and so forth. And then I kind of have this in ascending order, but binary code is another level um, that's really important to teach kids about because that's the language of computers. So working with simple on-off experiments on, on up to really understanding translating binary code is a good computer skill that you can do offline. Um, and then, of course, learning about the computer itself, computer hardware and software. You can, if you're inventive and have the resources, you can get into an actual computer and kind of dissect it. Or you can use books like the Hello Ruby series of books um, and see other people dissect it and learn about what the different parts are. And then two more points here. Um, digital citizenship is a good, strong um, element to build into any coding, like big experience, because there's a lot, you know, the online world is really new and kind of uncharted, and we're bringing up our kids in this kind of new unknown world. So to teach them how to safely navigate it responsibly, how to discern what there's finding online, there's a lot of things that go into that. And there's a lot of really great resources for that. Yes, and that, that those are topics that I do plan to be covering um, later this year. So do keep listening if those are things that you're wondering about. Great, great. And then okay. the last thing here is... Um, developing a growth mindset which is a big thing just giving kids the perseverance that they need to keep going because there's not a set solution to a lot of these things but just to have the creativity to keep going through it now i just want to pick up on that point before we move on um as those of you who've been listening to this podcast will know um the sponsor of the podcast is funder fund academy and there i teach online scratch and python coding courses and you can go and take a look at those once your kids have had some experience playing with perhaps with some of these offline unplugged coding assignments. But what I find, particularly in the Python class, is that at the beginning when it's easy, the students are very happy and love it. Then it starts to get a little harder and they can't get the program to work first time around. That concept of growth mindset is huge. Uh, it really will make the difference as to whether a student will keep going and persevere until they figure it out or whether they'll just say, this is just too hard and give up. So I can't stress that enough, um, that that is a really a, a skill we should be working on with our children. Absolutely. And that is the skill that will translate and help them all the way through their life. You know, they may not use a specific skill they've learned in any particular activity, but the perseverance is what will get them far in life. So that's great. Right. Okay. So obviously now I'm sure everyone's asking, well, okay, I'd love to try some unplugged coding, but where do I start? Where do I find any resources to use this? Um, obviously we could buy the games that you've been mentioning, but if you don't want to actually have a physical game or a robot to be programming, what else could you be doing? Okay. So I have a very short list here of websites that I found that have great resources for unplugged coding. So I'll just jump in here. Um, CS Unplugged and these can be in the show notes, has complete free courses. This is a really deep resource that you could be mining it for months going through it um, that teach all kinds of important programming skills, and they're all through interactive activities. So that is a highlight. Um, you can go to TPT and just type in a search for computer worksheets, unplugged coding, and come up with a lot of different activities that teachers have made. 
So TPT is teachers pay teachers for those of you who don't know. Yes. Yes. Teacherspayteachers.com. Good point. Um, there's a blogger who does a lot of um, coding, unplugged coding activities. It's brainpowerboy.com. And we'll include the link to that. There's a whole blog series on coding with a roundup of different coding activities and games and different things. Um, and then this probably should be the first one, but code.org is kind of the ultimate gold standard resource for all things coding. And if you go to the unplugged page, you will get everything you could ever use for unplugged coding activities. And then there's a, um, whole world of books if you want to just step away from the internet at all. Usborne has a lot of great books, DK books, Hello Ruby books. And then a fun thing to do is get into biographies about people in the programming world. So I'd start with Ada Lovelace and work your way out from there. Right. Well, great. And then Sandra, you mentioned earlier that you yourself have been creating resources. So could you tell us a little bit about what you have made? Yes, so um, the most recent thing I've done is kind of based on this computer robot game where you take out the expensive computer robot element and you're left with um, the coding skills of getting a superhero along a route to get him to the treasure chest. So there's a lot of fun things you can do to code that program to get him there. Um, and I do have a free sample that anybody can get to start using that today with your kids. I also have a game called Choreograph a Robot Dance, and I believe you've mentioned that on a previous podcast, where you get kids up and moving and kind of program your friends to do certain dance moves. Um, and then Pixel Alphabet is another thing I have where you learn a lot of the um, doing things on a graph and learning how the grid works and how pixels work on a screen. Great. Well, thank you, Sandra, so much for sharing all this information. And a reminder again, everything will be in the show notes, including the link to Sandra's free sample and to her other products. So you can take a look at that. I have seen them. They um, are really great. This is a fun thing to be able to do. You could even use this kind of thing at a children's birthday party. It, they are so much fun that it, you, could, you could have a robotic party or something like that as the theme, and you could be quietly homeschooling all your children's friends too. So there's an idea. That's great. They really are. They're, they're fun. I've, I've done these um, many occasions. In fact, just recently I was invited to a middle school to go and teach um, a class at one of the local public schools. They wanted me to come talk about programming and I used some of these type of activities and the kids were up and moving and laughing and having a great time and learning about coding at the same time. Fun. So thank you so much, Sandra, for uh, the time you have spent sharing with us and I... Thank you all listeners for coming along again with us on this journey and look forward to seeing you perhaps in our uh, podcast group on Facebook, which is the Homeschooling with Technology community. Again, the link will be in the show notes if you can't find it. And we'll see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.